Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Squiggly Career Podcast. I'm Sarah, one of the founders of Amazing If, and I'm joined by my fellow co-founder Helen. Hello everybody. And we're here as always with our weekly dose of career actions, hints, tips, inspiration, all about how to successfully navigate the squiggly careers that we all find ourselves in these days. And today's topic I think is a particularly interesting one. It's how to be yourself at work. I've been thinking a lot about how to be yourself at work this week in preparation for this podcast. And it's one of those areas where I think it's really easy to say, and it's great in theory, but the actual practice of this is really hard. And we were looking to see, you know, who was kind of the real leader in terms of thought leadership in this area. And there's a guy called Mike Robbins, who's worth checking out, actually. And he's done some videos about bringing your whole self to work, written a book about the topic. And he actually defines this area as showing up authentically, leading with humility and remembering that we're all vulnerable, imperfect human beings doing the best that we can. I feel that like that's quite, it's almost like we're just doing the best we can, everybody. That's yeah, I know. all it is. It's quite honest. <laughs> yeah. But I like the kind of the mix of things. There's actually quite a lot in what there you is, just said. It? And to kind of typify this, I've actually had the kind of the perfect experience today of meeting, not for the first time, a lady called Pip Jameson. And Pip is the founder, one of the few female tech founders, actually, of a company called The Dots. And if you've not heard of The Dots, it's really the LinkedIn version of but for people who maybe don't wear suits to work so kind of the LinkedIn for creatives um, and actually I think I was trying to think today of anyone I know who actually wears like a full-on suit now to work and I don't think there are that many people no, I agree. Um, which is probably why they're expanding uh, so quickly and doing and doing so well and Pip came in to talk at Gravity Road the creative company that I work for and she talked about her journey her experience kind of setting up the dots what what had gone well what hadn't gone quite so well and to me you know, sometimes you just meet someone where you just think that is somebody who brings her, her full self to work. She was, you felt like you were getting to see all the different sides of Pip. You know, the first thing she, she shares with everybody when she gives a kind of talk is that she is delightfully dyslexic, which I put on in our Instagram feed today because I think that's such a lovely articulation of something. And she calls it one of her superpowers. She absolutely recognises the value of a team and kind of coming together to deliver something incredibly vulnerable about what she's brilliant at, but also where she needs help. And, you know, she showed a lovely diagram of kind of her roller coaster journey of going, look, I'm not perfect. 
And what I really liked about kind of what, the way she, that she sort of described herself was, do you know what, you do have these ups and downs. And what I've started to realise is actually the downs are just really good learning opportunities. And if you see them that way, you get better at kind of coping with them. And I just thought that's also the perfect articulation of growth mindset, of just being like, do you know what, I accept that if I'm running my own thing, the highs are high, the lows are lower. It's kind of a really kind of cliche thing to say, but she said it's definitely true. But she said she used to find that the lows almost, she'd get close to like burnout and be really stressed. And again, even like telling small stories like that, I just came away from that thinking, do you know what, tonight we're going to be talking about being your whole self at work. And I've just met someone who's just brought that to life for me in about half an hour. So in the context of Squiggly Careers then, I always think it's quite useful to tie all of the podcast topics we do back to Squiggly Careers. And I think that being yourself at work is important because we are going to be working for a lot longer in our Squiggly Careers. We're going to have a lot more choice as well about where we work, the companies we work with, the jobs that we do. And I think to be happy in those choices, you really do want to be yourself at work because that is an awful long time to pretend to be somebody else and have a different character at work than your true persona. And that isn't what happy careers are made of. So the sooner you can be sort of self-aware enough about what being you at work looks like for you and then connect that to the places that you work with, the more all the moves and changes that you'll make on your squiggly career, whether that's in the your current company or in a new company, the more that is likely to make you happier at work. Um, and I just think it's very, it's just a very important thing to look at in the climate. It's almost really foundational. I think we talk about authenticity and we talk about values. And for me, they sit at the heart of a happy career. Yeah, and it's so interesting, isn't it? Because there's that study by Deloitte that found that more than half of us cover up some part of our identity at work in an aim to kind of try and fit in. And particularly underrepresented groups, whether that's kind of women, LGBT, people from a BAME background, feel more pressure to cover up more of themselves. And I think just from my experience, certainly, of when I've spoken to people who've kind of had challenges with this and when I've experienced it for myself, it's just exhausting. Because not only are you having to try and do your job and to try and do your job brilliantly, you're also having to kind of put mental energy and kind of emotion into doing this covering up. And that's really hard work. And I think in a world of work where, you know, we do talk more about there's lots going on um you know there's there's lots of talk about kind of mental health and kind of anxiety. This is something that we all need to kind of be more proactive in thinking about, I think, because actually it's one, probably one of the contributing factors to things like people, you know, getting stressed, finding work actually a source of anxiety rather than a source of, uh, you know, enjoyment and fulfilment. I agree. I haven't seen the research connecting the two things together, but you've got these issues, you know, 50% of people covering up and then you've got all the stats about work-related stress, people feeling like a lack yeah. of belonging. And I'm like, these somebody join the dots on this research. This is, has to be, this has to be connected. And Maybe, maybe you should join those dots, Helen. Yeah. With all the masses <laughs> of time that we've currently yes. got. <laughs> I'll just do it, do it tonight. Um, I, I think as well, it's, um, it's squiggly careers can make it a little bit harder as well because... Yes, there's bags of opportunity to uh, use authenticity to help you to be happy at work across all of your moves. But I think all of this choice in your career can sometimes create like the shiny object syndrome where you're like, oh, wow, I could go work for that brand or I could go do this freelancing thing or I could go do this. It's all the choice is quite exciting and you can sometimes make short term decisions. I have done this in my career, made a short term decision around a shiny object, um, be it a company or a job or something like that. And I actually haven't thought about the longer term. I haven't really thought about that 
that short-term shiny object that's not going to be a lasting source of happiness for you whereas things like being somewhere that you can be yourself at work that is what lasting happiness in your careers um that's what it's all about and I do think that's a bit of a challenge of um squiggly careers and I don't think as well authenticity is just about just go be yourself at work and then it's you know then, mm. then it'll be fine I do think you have to have some element of management of that and there's um, some work done by harvard B- business reviews and articles from a while ago it's from 2013 but the um the title of the article is um be yourself but carefully which is, <laughs> is i don't agree with all of the points in the article because it really is like treat you know really managing your authenticity to the extreme and i'm not i'm not sure i buy into all of that but it does talk about that it can be a double-edged sword to be completely honest and you really need to think about how your honesty is going to sit in the the cultural or organisational norms that you're operating with and making sure that it helps your reputation in that organisation, doesn't alienate people, it it kind of fosters trust um, and that actually getting that right is a skill. But I do think it starts with being in the right place in the first time. Like if you're really having to try and manage your authenticity so that you fit the organisational norms, it might be that you're not in the right place to begin with but I just thought it was quite an interesting it's not as simple as wherever you are just go be yourself I think you have to be a little bit more conscious about that and today in the podcast I hope that we can give you some tips if you're listening about how to be authentic but be aware of how you're sort of using your authenticity to make decisions and to build relationships with other people and actually, as well as talking about what you can do for yourself, we're also going to share some ideas for what you can do if you're in a position where you're leading a team or leading a company. How can you create an environment and the conditions where people can bring their whole selves to work? Because I do think it's one of those areas where people often actually need to be given really overt permission to do this, mm. which sounds sounds slightly strange or counterintuitive, like, oh, you've got to give someone permission to, to be themselves. But actually, even today, I was talking to somebody about how we all choose to work and our kind of different approaches to work. And sometimes, again, how you have to be so transparent about why you want to work in a certain way if you're a leader, because, you know, the shadow that you cast is so significant that you are, by default, a role model and that actually just telling people once isn't enough. Mm. And we were kind of talking about it in the context of things like, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll work in an evening. Because for me, that can that can suit me quite well because maybe I've left work early when lots of other people are still working to go and pick up my little boy from nursery. But then it, do people who work with me feel a pressure to be able to respond to things if I send them at eight or nine o'clock at night? And And if you're going to do those sorts of things, being so clear with people about going, well, this is something that works for me, but this is not my expectation of you. And actually reiterating that and kind of talking about that consistently I think is you know one of those things where it does sort of really set a tone so we'll talk about a couple of examples for ourselves about where we've maybe got it right and and kind of wrong just a couple of stories Mm -hmm. and then some kind of hints and yeah to be honest we're gonna talk about where we've got it wrong (laughs) Um, let's be honest Uh, and then some hints and tips about what you can do and what you can do maybe kind of for your organization so shall I go first with mine yeah, go for it. It is more about getting it wrong. Um, yeah, so yeah, mine is too. <laughs> mine is about the when I was at BP. I'm going to be honest about the company that I was on. And it wasn't by no means a bad company. It was, a, it was a great company and it was a really good role that I was doing. But I think I was attracted very much by the challenge. So I moved into an international job when I went to work for BP. And I'd never done that before. And I was getting to work in the China and the US. And 
I think my I have a uh, value of achievement and I think what I am what I've learned about myself is that that can sometimes make me quite blinkered like I see a challenge and it's almost like my achievement driver just shuts out everything else and it thinks go get that challenge you can do it go after that challenge and I can ignore sort of little alarm bells or other things somebody um when I was at Eon a while ago somebody a lady called Di who was in the HR team called me a corporate animal and she meant it as a compliment I know I knew you'd hate that um, she meant it as a compliment she was like wow you're so great at navigating organizations you're like a corporate animal and it always stuck with me because <laughs> I was thinking oh I don't know if I want to be a corporate animal I mean that doesn't it doesn't sound like I know it doesn't it sounds like a leopard doesn't it like prowling yeah. <laughs> around desks but I think um part of the challenge is that I have this kind of achievement driver and I can also sort of morph into my environments so I adapt really quickly I think one of the reasons I've been successful in lots of different industries and organizations is that I can adapt to what looks good there and that combined Mm. with my drive for achievement can sometimes make me a bit blinkered to what actually makes me happy and you know you go forward like six months of just being this person who's morphed into the organizational norm who's on an achievement mission and you kind of actually take a step back and go "Mm, well this isn't me and that is exactly what happened to me at BP I mean I was basically on a plane all the time uh, living away from my husband no I didn't have time to do lots of things that I really care about so it wasn't spending time with friends randomly like I wasn't cooking I, I really like cooking I find it quite creative I wasn't doing that I wasn't doing a lot of like networking or development my worldview was very much about that company and I just got to the stage where I was just not not happy in my role and I think that the challenge for me was that the persona that I had created for myself and I think that's important as well I'd created that for myself to be successful there no one had made me create that it was all on me but that persona of Helen at BP that I'd created ended up being so far away from my actual character that I really wasn't happy I didn't feel like I was being authentic I didn't feel like as a result the relationships that I was building with people were very authentic because they were sort of connecting with the persona and not the real me and I just knew that I had to I had to change and for me it was quite a significant change I I, I left to go and kind of be myself in a company perhaps I could have maybe moved to a different part of the business and done it there but that was that was the outcome really of me letting that go on for far too long and I think what I learned about that is that go with your gut instinct sometimes so the don't let shiny objects distract you. Like I probably knew some of that stuff when I was going through the interviews. I could probably see that I would have to morph a little bit to be successful there, but I just sort of ignored that because the achievement thing was so big for me. And I think there was, I would have asked myself, if I'd asked myself the question, can I do well here, which was kind of short term, which is what I did ask myself, versus the can I be myself here which is more kind of about long-term happiness, I would have got to a different outcome. I was just focused on the, can I do well here, short-term view. Um, And I'd ask myself those questions now for future roles. Yeah, that's a really nice practical action, I think, for people. I really like that distinction between, can I do well here, which, you know, we're all increasingly very adaptable in squiggly careers, getting used to change. And that's one of the things that that makes us all kind of enjoy and thrive in the different opportunities we're all exploring. But actually also layering on a different question and going, and can I be myself? And it's almost going, this is not an and or or situation. This is a, you need the and in the middle. You want to be able to do well and be yourself in an ideal world, I guess. One other action that might actually be helpful 
if you're listening to Helen and thinking about that character and persona diagram, sometimes when we're, when we're running workshops about this, we'll get people to almost draw, imagine drawing like a pie chart for yourself. And like what percentage would you colour in where you feel like you or, you know, you're taking your true character to work? And what, what percentage of your time do you feel like you're putting on a persona? And as we sort of talked about, this is not a black or white where you go, oh, of course, I'm just my 100% true self all of the time because we recognise that there is a level of, um, you know, sophistication and nuance and thinking about the the culture that you're operating in. So the likelihood of that being 100% or even potentially even aspiring to 100%, I don't think is what we're recommending. But if you're looking at that and going, wow, 50% of my time, I actually feel like I'm I'm not being myself. That's 50% of your time where you're having to work exceptionally hard to kind of be someone else or you're kind of having to put on a kind of a persona and that just recognising how hard that is to do for a sustained period of time. Most of us can do it for, for a little while, but it won't, it, won't, it won't last and at some point it'll become something you'll need to do something about. Mm. And so my example, actually, I've got two examples of where, again, I got it wrong. <laughs> I feel like today we're just talking about the bad stuff. Should we do, at some I point think, we'll do some good stuff. <laughs> yeah, maybe in the, in the hints and tips, they're more kind of good, good things. Um, I think early on in my career, I got it pretty wrong in that I thought there was a kind of type around what it looked like to be successful. And I thought that I needed to be an extrovert to be successful at work. And so I spent time, energy and effort almost displaying extrovert behaviours, feeling like that's the way I needed to behave to be successful, to do well. So almost the, I felt that to answer Helen's first question about can I do well, I felt like I had to be an extrovert. And then my second question, can I be myself? I was like, well, no, because I've got to, to do well, I've got to do the extrovert thing. And it actually took me quite a long time to realise that it was okay to be an introvert. And it was probably, you know, I was probably a good six or seven years into my career when some of the work around introvert leaders and Susan Cain's work on quiet was being popularised. That I remember reading with that, reading that, really connecting with it, and then starting to discover and explore examples of people who I really admired and I thought who who had done really brilliant things, who clearly were more introverted, kind of in their nature, and then that being okay. One of the things I would really watch out for, though, is um, this can't be an excuse. I sometimes hear myself doing this, definitely, and hear it kind of in other people when we're kind of doing one-to-one coaching is once you start to have this, you'll hopefully improve your self-awareness. Sometimes uh, that can kind of tip into going, oh, and that's the reason why I don't do something that actually is important. So the example for me is always going, oh, well, now that um, you know, I spent the last six, seven years being a really happy introvert, Maybe that just means I don't need to ever socialise with people or ever go to events. Or maybe I should just like stop all networking. Um, and actually, that's that's not the point. I think the point is you then go, OK, I recognise that I'm an introvert and that's a positive thing. And actually, then I think about how do I make sure that I build relationships in a way that works for me, feels like the right way for me to do it. It doesn't mean that you then don't build relationships. And so I think just watch yourself if you're kind of going oh, well, now that I know this about myself, I sort of don't have to do something or it's a kind of get out of jail free card because that's sort of, unfortunately, you know, certainly for me, that that's not the way it works. For most of us, whatever bringing your whole self to work looks like, it doesn't mean that there aren't times where you do put on a persona. And for me, that's probably a really good example of one where 
like my character isn't 100 percent because as part of my job i do sometimes have to go to really big events with lots of people i don't know or stand on stage and talk to lots of people i don't know and that's that is me putting on something of a persona i'm still very much myself at those events but i have to work that little bit harder you know stand up a bit straighter smile a bit wider etc to kind of get myself in the right frame of mind so there's just a bit of that persona and that in in those instances for me is a useful thing because that just gives me that kind of extra boost of of energy because i I need that because i'm i'm having to work harder but i I really feel that, that i'm working harder in those moments and then recognize that afterwards i sort of need time to kind of relax and rejuvenate i was just thinking when you were talking then about like we do some of that stuff together on a big stage together talking to people and i never feel that you are putting on a kind of persona to do that stuff so i was wondering whether actually sometimes maybe it helps if you've got a friend to be authentic you know like so in in work yeah. if there's some if you're surrounded by some people that you you not not everyone might know or trust you let's say you're starting in a new job but there's one person you know in that company that might give you some comfort in being yourself because I just feel like when we stand up together on a stage I never feel that you're trying to be something you're not because we're sort of in it together and supporting each other so just it might be an interesting dimension of um place some support for if you're an introvert how you do that stuff basically get yourself a buddy who's maybe an extrovert so that you balance each other but also just maybe somebody else that you know and trust can help you to be authentic so you don't feel like you're um I don't know authenticity authenticity is a bit about vulnerability but maybe having someone you know and trust near you helps to manage that a little bit so it doesn't feel so scary I also think from personal experience it comes from practice and it comes from almost like practicing being yourself and then realizing yeah, that it's true. a really good thing. True. Um so if I go back to that original definition of thinking, right, leading with humility, being vulnerable, it's okay to be imperfect. So the whole, you know, focus on your strengths, don't worry about your weaknesses, lots of things that we've talked about in lots of previous podcasts. I think I've just practiced those things in lots of ways over the years. And then at some point you almost reach a tipping point where you go, oh, I now feel confident enough to bring my whole self to work most of the time. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, this podcast is actually a really good example. If I think earlier in our career, would we have talked about all of the things that we've done wrong and um, just, you know, just <laughs> we probably wouldn't have done because I don't think we would have felt that that was great for our brand. Whereas now I think actually the more authentic we are, the better it is because we can inspire other people to be authentic. So I I think this podcast is actually a really good example of probably the shift that you and I have gone on in realising how important and valuable it is to other people for you to be authentic because it creates the, you know, you are talking earlier about a manager can create the space for someone to be authentic. It's sort of hopefully this creates a space for other people to realise that actually being authentic is a really good thing at work and, and pretending you're someone else really isn't for your happiness or the relationships you'll build. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. 
Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Should we go on to a few of the kind of top tips that we started to think about in terms of like what you can actually do if you want to do this more yes let's i'll start with the ones that i think are helpful for you as an individual and then maybe if sarah talks through the ones for uh, managers and companies so um for my three then for if you're kind of listening to this and you're like okay how can i be more i buy it helen and sarah but how can i specifically be more authentic at work so the first thing is potentially the hardest but that is about being self-aware so authenticity begins with self-awareness you can't be yourself at work if you don't really know what being yourself actually means and that means thinking about what your values are where your emotions are triggered at work, uh, where your vulnerabilities or your confidence gremlins are, what you're great at, where your strengths are, how it adds value, maybe some of the things that you're not great at and you need to ask for help. Now, to be really helpful for you on those things, we've done podcasts on a lot of those things. We've done a podcast around um, your strengths. We've done one around your values and we've done loads around things about sort of vulnerabilities um, around confidence gremlins. So search through our, I don't know if you can say back catalogue, but our past podcast episodes and there might be some things that can help you increase your self-awareness and it's only really when you have that self-awareness that you can be in a place to think about what to reveal to who when and that's my second tip which is that you need to think about how you share appropriately it's back to that harvard business review article that um, be yourself but carefully you really want to think about the right place and the right time to share your authenticity and also the style by which you'll do it we'll we'll link to an article that talks about some different styles that don't really work so things like the i know some of these words i'm just looking at really awful (laughs) in the article it talks about like profiles that don't really work in terms of like being um being authentic and it talks about the um the bumbler who just sort of mumbles along and doesn't really make a point um the open book so the person that just assumes everybody wants to know everything It, it talks about an example of a woman who was going into a meeting with people she didn't know and the very first thing she started talking about was how her baby threw up on her that morning now that is very real to that woman but it oh god it, i think i've done that <laughs> in the article it kind of implied that it that wasn't the right thing to do for that audience if it was with your team who knew you already oh okay you know? so yeah. it's just right Fair right enough. place right people right time um and so it's quite interesting just to read the article um, and have a look at those different profiles but one of the key points that i took away was that it said that intimate stories strengthen relationships they don't actually establish them so in that situation about the lady having a baby that was sick on her that might strengthen an existing relationship but it's unlikely yeah. to establish a brand new one and i thought that was interesting and it said that um 
and basically sharing too much personal information too quickly can break sort of it calls it socio-cultural norms which sounds very dramatic doesn't it but um it can kind of break the way things are normally done and that can sometimes make people feel a bit uncomfortable and maybe make you look um (laughs) I said a bit unbalanced which I thought was a bit harsh but I think the overriding point is share appropriately think right place right time just to be a little bit conscious about what you're sharing with who and the third thing that I think is really interesting as an individual for you to spend some time thinking about in terms of your authenticity is to reflect on what is holding you back from being yourself at work And specifically think about, are there some assumptions that are holding you back that you might need to test in some ways? So you might think, do you know what, if I tell, if I ask for help, you know, if I'm going to be authentic, that means admitting to things, some things that I don't know. And that probably means asking for help. And I'm don't want to do that because I'm assuming that people won't think I'm good at my job, you know, if I'm a manager or something like that. Um, And what you really need to do is test that assumption because, you know, to that point in particular, I have always found asking for help is a very good way of building relationships and learning at the same time. So just have a think about if you're thinking you're not quite yourself at work at the moment, just really think about what assumptions are you carrying that could be holding you back um, and think a little bit about how you can test those because a lot of the time they are they are not true. They are just sort of our internal dialogue that we are holding and it's letting us sort of hold us back. And so then as a manager, so if you're managing a team or if you're leading a company or a function, I think there are some also some things that you can do to set an environment where this is possible for people. So we talked previously about giving people permission and it's it's almost like hard to overstate, I think, how important that can be because, you know, the whole you've got to kind of see it to believe it. And so I think that's probably the first thing is you know, how can you set the tone? What actions can you take that let people know that it's okay to bring stuff that's maybe not 100% work-related into kind of the work environment? So one of the things that we're actually doing at the creative agency I work for before Christmas is something called Creativity Curated. And that's because I sense and actually know that there's some really interesting creative stuff happening in the agency I work for outside of kind of agency day-to-day life because these people are all incredibly creative and I want to kind of create an opportunity in a forum for people to talk about that and explore that because we really value curiosity so we're sort of doing our equivalent of TED essentially in a sort of less strict and formal setting and actually I've done something previously when I was at Sainsbury's where it was actually a bit more like TED where the brief to everybody I was doing a development session for um, a team and the brief was you've got five minutes to talk about something you're passionate about outside of work And that day was fascinating because you got to know in five minutes so much about somebody. I remember somebody talking about that in a previous life they'd been a pig farmer, which I just got absolutely no idea about. (laughs) So that was amazing. That was so interesting. Um, One guy was really interested in like the old underground like network of tunnels under London, like old maps and stuff like that. Someone else, she was really passionate about a brand called Trader Joe's which is um, over in the US. And what's interesting now... or something or... No, they're they're like a supermarket. I've been been in them in over in the... Kind of not quite as posh as Whole Foods. I think you're hopefully allowed to say that. Um, (laughs) Our US listeners, of which I think we do have some, can kind of let us know know the best way to describe it. Um, But still very kind of ethical. And like when I went over, we went there and kind of bought food when we were in our self-catering place. And what's interesting about that, that is probably... I'm trying to think how many years ago now maybe seven years ago, that session, 
it was probably only four or five people and I can still remember every single one of them because yeah. they really stick they really stick yeah. with you so even Isn't then just really like about them people's authenticity we yeah. um just in case it helps people listening for some ideas on this with the like setting the tone for things there's so a couple of things i did at microsoft in in the same vein so the first was i did and the second someone in my team did the first one that i did was um, i had a team meeting and everyone had to bring almost like a prop that showed something that they enjoyed doing outside of work so i think i brought like oh, that's nice um i think I, I brought a picture of when i was on tv doing that um that cooking program on tv and yeah. somebody else was like obsessed with almond butter, so they basically bought bought in a pot of almond butter. Somebody else, uh, a, kind of a big gardener, and worked on one of those community gardening projects, and she showed a picture of her and the and uh, the gardening project. There was all kinds of things, but suddenly you got this like complete insight into people's lives outside of work, and so that's a really good exercise to do: get people to bring a prop and just create like you know an hour in your team meeting to have that discussion. Another one that um, someone in my team when I was at Microsoft organised recently was you had to pick a piece of music that you that really had a story for you there was like a story behind why you like that piece of music and then we submitted it all to the person who was running the meeting in advance and they created like a spotify playlist so you, uh, yeah. in the team it's so cool in the team meeting they played the like uh, like 30 seconds of your music and then you had to tell people you know what this meant to you so mine i think mine was uh, mary poppins a spoonful of sugar because i'm like the eternal optimist and uh, <laughs> some of my old manager once called me mary poppins because i'd always just be pulling different things out of a bag not literally but the most fun one was this guy the guy actually organized the meeting and his song was like like the hammer time song you know yeah yeah and and it turned out he was a uh, had been like a sort of semi-professional darts player who had his own theme tune when he walked onto the like the darts board oh my god that's amazing and i was like (laughs) oh my goodness i had no idea so they are fun exercises that can it it, they're fun but there's a serious thing in there about getting to know people and and to sarah's points that's the stuff that you remember not someone's job title yeah and i think the almost like link to that anything that you can do to create opportunities for people to connect within your organization is a really good thing and you can connect around different almost like passions or interests Um, and this goes what I really like about these things is they go beyond kind of team boundaries so things like whether it's you know learning and development is actually a really good example I find that in every company I've worked in there are always some people who are really passionate about learning and development very much people kind of in our tribe and every time I've ever created anything that people could be part of it's just been a way of kind of getting to know whether people at a different level people tend to in those kind of environments bring more of themselves because they're kind of doing something slightly different um and that's quite a work related one but sometimes it's even just stuff like i don't know work run clubs or yoga clubs or like we have a thing called bring or bake i think i don't think it's called sale <laughs> you like, don't sound very sure if you never no, bought anything or baked <laughs> No, I have clearly neither done. I've, I've actually never done either. Um, so I'm not sure why. I definitely must have missed like the rotor. Or actually, I think it might be done on a Thursday when I'm doing amazing if stuff. So okay, that's probably okay. how I, I mean. So, I so if it wasn't on a Thursday, you would be baking something, would you? No, no, no. no, no I'd bring, I was I'd bring something. But I, could, I could bring something. But there's what's really nice about that is it also does create, even within our company, there are those people who clearly do bake. And yeah. they're amazing. And you can see that people go, oh, I hope it's going to be their turn because that's something that they're really good at. Um, I, I can't imagine anyone would ever say that about me. But you can just see by creating those small opportunities for connection. And they're just, you know, they can be like really small things. Again, it's just giving people that ability to just describe and bring some stuff from outside of work 
into the work environment. Like people love, even like work, I remember like work netball teams and people are like, oh, you like playing netball, I like playing netball. Yeah. And, and people get, you get really excited about it for some reason. I feel like we should have a, like a, a netball bingo card for our podcast. So manage to squeeze <gasps> oh, netball in again. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't talk about it that much. It's not going well at the moment. I've not played much recently. Um, and then our third tip, which we have talked about to an extent already, is just if you are in a position where you know, you're accountable for things and people are kind of looking up to you, just be really aware of how important role modelling is. So, you know, being vulnerable, asking for help. Yeah, as we've done on this podcast today, talk about uh, things that haven't gone to plan and kind of what you've learned. And, you know, it's often really small things that you say that really kind of stick with people. Like one of the things that I make a real effort to do, and sometimes it's hard because you're sort of, you are trying to, um, be, you know, you're being professional when you're at work and you're trying to bring all your, you know, all the, great things that you have at work but sometimes I do have to leave meetings now to go and pick up my little boy from nursery and there's such a temptation to like make an excuse or not really say why you're leaving and I do make a point of saying that's why you know like, that's why I'm going or if you're late for something because something's gone wrong in the morning because of that said said little boy mm -hmm. um, which also happens quite a lot <laughs> I saw a really lovely thing the other day I think I saw it on someone that we followed on Instagram where just repositioning how you position something so if you say you were late because your little boy had been ill that morning you'd have to sort something out rather than saying sorry and being really kind of overly apologetic you actually just say to people like a thank you like a thank you yeah, for waiting nice. for me nice. or thank you I like really appreciate the fact that that that's not ideal but it's still more positive from you but equally you're being vulnerable about of course it was stressful and like thanks for understanding but you're not you're not kind of going overly into sorry and I was like oh that's just a really nice little tip there that I'm gonna steal yeah I, I agree um so a quick recap then on some of those actions then so as an individual three actions that you can take are to be self-aware to make sure you're sharing appropriately and to reflect on what's holding you back and then as a manager the actions that you can take are to set the tone for vulnerability to make it acceptable to create opportunities for people to connect in and outside of your team and then also to role model these behaviors and so that's everything for this week. Um, we hope you enjoyed the episode. As always, resources on the website. Please do keep sharing the podcast. Please keep telling us what you think. Give us feedback. And um, any ideas for future episodes, we're always up for recommendations for kind of different ideas. If you don't already follow us on Instagram, please head over. We're just at Amazing If. We've got a real mission to get to like <laughs> a thousand hardcore Instagram followers by Christmas. And I think, I we're think we might do it. We're on about 920, I think. I've even looked, you know, yeah, I look, I'm like, oh, I really want to get to 1,000. I actually really want to get to 10,000 because then we can share links with people on Instagram stories. So what I really want, but that uh, feels like a bit of a stretch to get to by Christmas. Yeah, so. and do you know what as well? I sort of talk to brands in part of my other job about how it's not just about followers you know it's all about yeah. quality not no, about no, quantity but I'm thinking like if we're at 10,000 then you can share links with people so when I'm doing my daily Instagram career tip which if you don't know that I do not Sarah she knows but you're listening I do um I always talk about oh and this is a great resource go here and I have to like cut and paste the link which you can't uh, click okay. on and so if we're at 10,000 then I can have it as like a clickable link it'll make it so much <laughs> so basically we want the functionality <laughs> yes I'm all about the functionality that's what I need <laughs> uh, so what we're going to talk about next week 
Um, so next week, we're going to talk about how you can create a vision for your career. So in terms of squiggly careers, it's very difficult to do plans because really they don't last. Most of us are going to be doing jobs that don't even exist yet. So actually, it's much more positive to think about what's a vision for your career. But that can sound a bit big, a bit scary, maybe a bit woo woo. So we're going to make it really practical. We're going to talk about practical steps that you can take to create a vision for your future and your career and so that you can make des- sort of decisions now about what you're doing that will bring you closer in line with that. So that's everything for this week. As ever, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it and we do love hearing from you. So please do get in touch if you have five minutes. If not, we'll look forward to speaking to you all next week. Thanks for now. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.